0: In a world where people are dying of boredom, one man brings entertainment to the masses. Prepare yourself as we enter the mind of Phantom Dark Dave. What's up, everyone? You're listening to a brand new episode of the All Things Dave podcast, and I'm your host, Phantom Dark Dave. I got Andy back on the show, and we're wrapping up Bill Rabane month. We're going to talk about the 1975 film The Giant Spider Invasion. What's up, Andy?
1: What's up, Dave? I'm feeling like getting bu-
0: buggy with it. <laughs> You're getting buggy with it? Okay. Well, um, <laughs> man, I got to be honest. I've been really excited for this because... Last time you were on here, we talked about Bill Rabane. You know, we threw down on some Alpha Incident, and it was a great time. And um, now we're going to talk about the giant spider invasion, and it means a lot to me because this was one that I really wanted to put on my top five favorite monster movies and and didn't make the cut, but now we get to go in-depth on it.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, that's cool. I, I don't know if I would have put this on my top five, but hey, do each their own, right? <laughs>
0: that's right, man. And with that going forward, I gotta know, like, had you seen this movie before, or did you watch it specifically for the podcast?
1: I had seen this movie like one time before, and I don't know why I watched it. I think it was just because it was uh, looked like a cheesy movie to watch or something. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I mean, I liked it before, and I, yeah, you know, this is a a great movie to rewatch because it just kind of remember more about it, and, uh, you know, just, yeah, just, I've, you know, kind of realized that I've forgotten a lot about this movie since the first time I saw it. Realized who all the actors were in it, and uh, so that, that was cool, yeah. But no, this is a fun movie for sure.
0: It is a fun movie, and that's why I like it so much. Now, when I saw this movie, I really was not aware of what Bill Rabane had done. But falling in love with the alpha incident the way I did and then realizing he also did this movie kind of made this movie jump up a whole nother level for me. So out of the gate, I'll tell people I love this movie because it's kind of a, I hate to say so bad it's good because I do actually like it, but it clicks a special box for me in a movie that just guarantees a good time. Andy, let's get into it. Let's talk about a little bit of the um who wrote it, who, you know, went on to star in it, and then we'll talk about the plot and spoil some stuff. But uh did you know anything besides Bill Rabane? Like, did you know who wrote it?
1: No, no, I I did not know anything besides Bill Rabane as far as yeah, any of the productions. So it, it was interesting to to kind of learn about some of the production behind this movie though.
0: So this movie was written by a gentleman named Robert Easton. And I thought that was a name that I I had known really well because I'm like, Robert Easton. That kind of rolls off the tongue. Well, this guy also wrote The NeverEnding Story. Spoiler, Andy, I've never seen The NeverEnding Story.
1: Okay. I've seen it once when I was a kid. I haven't seen it since.
0: I heard it's sad, but I look forward to watching it. And there's another guy named Richard Huff who's credited, uh, but it was the only thing that he had written before. But then when I looked about who's in the movie, the fucking writer of this movie, Richard Easton, plays an actor in this movie, and that kind of blew my mind.
1: Oh yeah, okay. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> You're right.
0: <laughs> and I didn't spend a lot of time writing down a lot of stuff about like production value and whatnot, because I mostly wanted to jump into it. And this movie has a lot of people in it. But our main characters, you know, we have Doctor Vance, who's played by Steve Brody. Uh, people might re- recognize him from the Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms, which is a monster movie I love. He was in the cane Mutiny with Humphrey Bogart. He was in. Blue Hawaii with Elvis, and he was in three episodes of Perry Mason, and I bring that up for a reason, and and I'll get to it in a second. We have the other doctor, Dr. Ginny Langer in this, who are kind of the two doctors who tag team um, what it takes to find out to uh, get rid of this spider invasion. She's played by Barbara Hell, and the only thing I could track her down was, my gosh, she's in 271 episodes of Perry Mason. I think I asked you on um, Spider Baby, but I'll double down again. Did you ever watch Perry Mason?
1: No, I've never seen it.
0: Julie claims I'll like it, but I don't know, man. She knows I like of, a, a courtroom drama, so...
1: Are we talking about, like... Because there's, like there's, like, the original OG black and white, and then there's, like, a newer version, right?
0: I don't think like so, a, but I could be wrong. But she's definitely okay. talking about the older one, though.
1: For some reason, I remember Raymond Burr, like, but in color and older. <laughs> so I don't know, like, if it was, like... maybe maybe they, he,
0: maybe they, like, did some made-for-TV movies or something? I don't know. There's a lot of Perry Mason.
1: Oh, I'm thinking of the other – yeah, I'm thinking of something else. But anyway, proceed. Sorry.
0: (laughs) And we got Kester, who is one of our main characters in this movie, and he was Robert Easton, and he's the good old boy in this movie. But my god, he's in several different things. He played an extra in The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, which is cool, but he was in The Neanderthal Man. He was in Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. He also was in Perry Mason. Uh there's a movie called The Touch of Satan. I gotta figure out what that's about. Andy, he made an appearance in Kolchak the Night Stalker. We both like that show. Oh yeah. He's in Pet Cemetery 2 and Star Trek 6, The Undiscovered Country, where he played a Klingon, so that's really cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair you'd like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we got Ev, who is I guess his wife in this movie, but she's played by Leslie Parrish. She was also in three episodes of Perry Mason. This is not a Perry Mason podcast, but sometimes it feels like it. She was in three episodes of the Adam West Batman series, and she starred in my favorite TV show of all time, which is Star Trek, the original series where she appeared in season two, episode two, who mourns for Eddie and I, which I always have a hard time pronouncing that, but uh, she played Carolyn, the main girl in that one. So that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah. And you know he, who
0: I recognize? You recognize the sheriff. I that's right. Tell me about it. Why do you recognize the sheriff?
1: Well, yeah, he, he has a line in the movies saying, How's it going, little guy, or something like that? Hey there, and, little uh, buddy. Hey there, little buddy. That's it, yeah. <laughs> so that kind of took me back to uh old TV show Gilligan's Island. And well, he the, was the skipper.
0: That's unique because it takes you back to the island, and the whole time they were trying to get off the island.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Did you know he also was in two episodes of Perry Mason?
1: I didn't know that, no.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to have to just stop talking about actors and stuff they do because I don't want to talk about Perry Mason no more. But it's really cool because I did find out that Alan Hale, no relation to Barbara Hale in this movie, but he was in a horror movie called Terror Night from 1989, and I wanted to know if you've seen that or heard of it.
1: No, i never heard of it.
0: Okay, well, moving on. Then I'm going to have to look that up because it'd be cool to see him in a horror movie besides this one. Yeah, for sure, yeah. All right, Andy, let's dive into the synopsis real quick. It's very simple. A black hole lands in northern Wisconsin and opens a door to another dimension where spiders infest a local town. So, Andy, let's talk about the beginning of this movie. Like, it starts out where we see kind of like a meteor or a comet. It's essentially what is the black hole connection flying through the sky. And then we automatically shift over to some of our characters where one I didn't mention yet was Davey. And so what do you think about the introduction to our small town and our characters?
1: It's interesting. Uh, interesting little introduction here. I mean, we're we're introduced to quite a few people like the Kesters or whatever, the Kester and Eve. Uh, and they're both, like, really dislikable people. It seems like Eve's, like, drunk half the time and Kester's just an asshole. And they have, like, Eve's... Dodd or eve's sister is living with them and she's like a teenage girl and and then uh you have the sheriff he, he's just kind of a easygoing goofball uh and then you have like the uh oh and that so another interesting thing about this town is that at the same time that this whole meteorite thing is happening they're having a good old-fashioned revival
0: yeah you know
1: so they have this preacher he is throwing the brimstone he is spitting those lyrics and he is telling people they're going to hell so um yeah it's 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 just really great you know it's funny because this movie was really ahead of its time because if you think about it uh stephen king would later a few years later go on to write a short novella called the mist and i feel like he stole the story from the giant spider invasion because that story was about uh hole that got ripped into another dimension and creatures came through it and there was a crazy religious person that was uh twisting things up and getting people convinced to that it was the end of the world and all that so yeah
0: <laughs> man you just blew my mind i never put two and two together and i i think bill Rabain, though he didn't write this movie i think his movie just made it another notch higher good job <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, yeah, um, yeah. Let, let the record show that Andy just said the giant spider invasion is just like the mist. All right, Andy, go ahead. But Yeah, it's an
1: interesting little introduction to the town. Uh,
0: what do you think of yeah. the small town? Because, you know, I know you live kind of in a remote place. I live in the heart of DFW, a very crowded place. So these little small towns do it for me. What do you think about them?
1: They seem nice in theory. Like, yeah, I'd love to live in a little small town. But if you, if you if it's too small, then everybody's going to be in your business. And or or it's just there's just like nothing around to do. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, it seems like it would be nice to live in a small town because you have some peace and quiet, maybe. Uh, but you know, I don't know. I think we're on the actually, same
0: page. I think what you're saying is, you don't want to live there, but it makes really good for a horror movie.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. The isolated, uh, the isolated location. Um, that just yeah, you get you more interesting characters in a small town because. Uh, you know, in a bigger city, some of the interesting people kind of get, I don't know, like <laughs> thrown in jail or something. But in a small town, they kind of just put up with that stuff more or less. Bro, I you live know? in a
0: place where like, if you're not going 85 miles an hour, then you're going to get run off the road. And uh, when the population's hectic, it gets kind of crazy. But if I'm being honest, if I also live somewhere that doesn't have half price books within a five-mile radius, I'm going to freak out.
1: Yeah, that would be a big downside. I mean, you just can't go down the street and and buy a book or a new movie or whatever. You gotta order off Amazon or you gotta drive an hour away to the next nearest city with a McDonald's or Walmart or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, and here's the deal. Like I'm up on the times, right? I buy probably most of my stock on ebay but i still like to go into the store and hold physical copies and i will buy that if they have what i want but just having the option is very important to me it's an escape
1: oh yeah we're having a revival right now that's physical media let's go <laughs> Woo! one
0: thing you <laughs> can't <laughs> escape from though would be these spiders
1: yeah um yeah no I, I i did like the town it was interesting you know it, and it, it was interesting the, the direction that bill Rubin goes he always has these types of people in his movies and it's interesting, so like with the Alpha Instance with the Alpha incident that we talked about earlier a couple weeks ago, I feel like it was like with that movie, his characters were different than the rest of his than the rest of his movies. And every other movie that he's done, the characters are always kinda weird, kinda like a little bit of sleaze. Uh you just, just kinda like there's just of has anything to
0: do with uh, his his Casmian porn stars? Oh,
1: well that might, yeah.
0: <laughs> At least in that one. <laughs> Eh, eh, eh. You know, I really like the small town setting because since I don't live there, I'm able to picture it as like, oh, man, what a really cool place. Like I'm interested in it. But my goodness, the small house, the little church, the little jewelry shop, like these are some fascinating locations. But they live on this entire acreage of land. And I love it whenever you talked about there's a revival and Dan is not going to the revival. He said he's going to the revival, but he's going to go to Helga's house to get a little something something done and so he's cheating on eve which you know lets us know he's a piece of crap but hey at least he's listening to the revival on the radio
1: yep as he's leaving helga's you know he's what he, he said something like give me that old-time religion or something like that and
0: yeah but hey don't forget your <laughs> back brace right andy
1: oh that's right yeah he can't leave his back brace because i think if he did that then evie would know something was up
0: do you think and i'm just going to come out of the gate now we'll end up Revealing that Helga, the woman that he's seeing, is a waitress at what seems to be the only diner in town. And do you think she's a prostitute, or do you think they have a connection?
1: Oh, I think she's just a local. You know, it's just a connection. I think she's just a local. You don't think he paid her?
0: Because I felt like there was a little transaction.
1: Yeah, he did give her like a. He's like, I always give a tip or something. He gave (laughs) like a. He gave her like a coin. I don't know if it's a penny or a quarter or what the heck he gave her, but. She seemed
0: to be okay with it. (laughs) You know what it wasn't? It wasn't a diamond. Not yet.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah.
0: Man. And so we get to meet, you know, we meet Davey. And Davey is, uh, he's the son. He's a newspaper kid, right? His dad works in the newspaper. And he's always looking for a scoop or a story. And he is interested in Terry, who we mentioned is Eve's sister. I call her Eve. It could be Ev, Evie. Uh, It's Evie. It's all it is. Um, Do you want to call her Evie or Eve? I think they call her Evie in the movie. Okay, that's what I was thinking. But then I look at my notes and I'm like, did I miss something? Um, but, man, one thing we noticed right out of the gate about Evie is she likes to drink.
1: Yeah, I mean, every time you see her in a shot, she's got to have a drink in her hand. She has, It's either a can of beer or it's like some drink that she's made up. But, uh, yeah.
0: And um, I don't know if that is dampering her judgment or not, but I'm pretty sure she was hitting on Davy the first time we saw them two together.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. She was like, she was like saying stuff like, oh, it's too bad that you're not older or I'm not younger or something like that. And... Yeah, I
0: think she literally <laughs> even gave a number. She's like, if you were five years older, I would jump you. Yeah. And then out comes Terry and it's like, well, that's awkward.
1: <laughs> yeah, but this was the 70s, right? Oh, is it? That... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but uh you know when dan does come home later that evening that's it's like perfect timing because when he's coming outside ev meets him outside and she's like how did the revival go and he's able to tell her what he knows from the radio but that's when the kind of outstanding special effects happen where whatever it is falls from space and crashes in their backyard aka their farm and um he's you know kester's not too interested in checking it out and that kind of bugs her right
1: yeah, because it looks like a freaking nuclear, thermonuclear explosion happens behind their house. He's like, <laughs> well, whatever it is, we'll hold till morning. And, and he walks back in the house. It's like, come on, man. You're not one bit curious. like your freaking field's on fire, probably. All your cattle are And we later, scorched. we
0: find out he grows weed, man. Your weed can be on fire.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. You got to go check that out, man.
0: And what's really crazy is this it, i guess it, it shoots out some sort of electro wave i'm gonna get the terminology wrong but basically it causes like radios tvs some telephones not all telephones but like cars won't even start yeah that's a little it's too like, close to uh, home for me andy <laughs> uh.
1: <laughs>
0: but it's kind of funny because what happens is you know davy had picked terry up and he took her to a really nice place Where, where's the hot makeout spot at dude
1: Man, it's the junkyard. Don't you know that?
0: I do know that, only because I wished I could go there. (laughs) (laughs) Julie's going to take me to the junkyard.
1: (laughs) Oh. What happens in the junkyard stays in the junkyard, right?
0: Yeah, especially his car, because it won't start again. (laughs) And uh, remember whenever they go back home, and then it's like the next day, and everybody's calling the sheriff's department to radio in, like things aren't working, and we find out... um, I think there's a scene where Kester's like in the kitchen and Terry comes out and he's making fun of her. It's weird. There's a weird little something with, you know, the way that Evie kind of was like hinting a little something towards Davey. I think there's a Kester's like, maybe I should have got with you towards um, Terry.
1: Oh yeah. There's this, there's this really like really heavy perv vibe with like Kester and even like later on, we we introduced to like the, his cousin, and just like they're both like just like perv city man you know, towards Terry. I don't know what's going on. They just uh,
0: like you said, it's the seventies, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the whole time that um, something had crashed down, you know, a B fifty two patrol kind of gets the sense of it and we got a little bit of um andromeda strain vibes going on because you know the government finds out about it they get a hold of the doctors this guy's from nasa andy and they're gonna come to the small town and um figure out what's going on and that gives us some of our main characters in it because we're again we're in northern wisconsin and uh i don't know man there's a lot going on
1: yeah there there is a lot going on in this movie and and i was like really generally confused about who I'm supposed to be like rooting for in this movie, like who was our hero, because we have the people were introduced. You know, nobody really stands out to me as like the the main protagonist. You know,
0: yeah, I think I wanted to really. I think the only likable people in this movie, you can say the two doctors. I don't think we spend enough time with them, but I think I attached myself mostly to Davy and Terry just because they felt the most humane in the whole thing.
1: That's true. Yeah.
0: Like Terry was innocent and Davey was heroic.
1: Yeah, it's it's like too bad they like disappeared halfway through the movie. <laughs>
0: it is, man. I'm tired of getting to see movies where um characters are developing an attachment to it and then all of a sudden they're kind of and clearly just written off.
1: Well, and and speaking of the writing, I don't know. Um is it cool if I kind of go into the backstory of the writing of this real quick? Yeah, because I, I skipped right over it. What you got? Yeah, so Bill Rubane, he's he calls this he says, "Oh, the the giant spider invasion. This is the giant spider uh, disaster. That's what he calls it." Uh-oh. And so, you know how uh, Bill Easton or Robert, uh, Easton. Robert Easton, he wrote this says he wrote the screenplay. Well, the original idea was from a guy named Richard Huff. Well, so Richard Huff kind of came up with the original story, and uh, Bill Irwin was saying that they had like four producers on this movie, and he said. And later on, they had five producers. So he said it was like impossible to get anything done. So the producers got the script, and it was more. It took more of a serious tone. Richard Huff's scripted, and they're like, "How can you make a, a story about giant spiders serious?" So they're like, okay, this has got to be. There's got to be some kind of comedic tone to this. So that's when, uh, and Bill Burbayne has an in with Hollywood, and he has some friends there, and uh, especially at that time. And so Robert Easton, he hits Robert Easton up and said, hey – or excuse me, the producers hit Robert Easton up and said, hey, can you rework this script to make it more what we want? And so Robert Easton – that's that's how Robert Easton came in and worked on the script and did the rewrites on it. But then Richard Huff got the rewrites, got the script rewrites, and then he rewrote the rewrites. Oh, wow. And so there was this big whole kerfuffle around the script. And so Bill Murray says like when they started shooting this movie – the script wasn't even done yet. Like they didn't have a finished script yet. Mm. So he was very frustrated with that whole process. So yeah. Uh, you know, it's just the, so speaking of the writing, there's a reason why it was just kind of, I mean, I don't want to, it was, the writing was kind of a mess, but I think in spite of that, they still made a really cool movie.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. And I could see a lot of hints of really good things in this movie. And I think that stuff kind of shines and bleeds through, which is why it's a product that we enjoy. And I appreciate for sure I feel like some of the science stuff kind of gets a little, I don't want to say unbelievable, but it kind of gets to a point where you're like, they're phoning it in. Let's just go with something to get it done. But I will tell you, anytime spiders are on scene, I'm invested, man. Like, I feel like the character relationships in this movie, as hokey as they are, and I think the comedy works. I'm glad they chose to throw a little comedy in there because it makes it funny to me. But it works, and then when the spiders are there, it's it's a pre-arachnophobia, dude. It really is.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I definitely got like that, like eight legged freaks. I got those, all those kind of vibes. He <laughs> said you know? the
0: same thing when I told him we were doing this movie. He's like, "Oh, the old eight legged freaks."
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, but yeah, this movie's
0: think... all practical, my dude.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, you know how what the budget was for their special effects. Let's hear it. Ten thousand dollars. Really? Yeah. <laughs> the The whole budget for the movie was three hundred thousand dollars.
0: Where'd the rest of the money go to? I would have spent more money on the spiders and stuff.
1: I know, yeah, but... space stuff, I don't know. uh, Yeah, I know. Bill Burbank was really frustrated because he's like, okay, the first challenge we had was how do we make a giant spider? Sure. And, of course, back in this time, it had to be practical. They didn't have CGI or whatever. And this is also the same time when Jaws came out, so they are like... Because I think the original idea was to have the spiders be like 10 feet long or whatever... But the producer's like, no, this has got to compete with Jaws. So the spider has to be, like, 50 feet long, you know, or okay. something like that. And so that's when they got the idea of they actually hired this dude that was, like, a kind of like a self-proclaimed special effects. He was, like, a self-taught special effects guy. And so they, they came up with the idea to use a car, like a small car as the main body of the spider. So they found this Volkswagen bug and, like, you know, put this, like, Almost like a costume, a spider costume right, on the right. Volkswagen Bugs to make it.
0: That's kind of they, fascinating, dude.
1: Yeah. And then they drove it backwards because the red uh, <laughs> taillights were the eyes for the spider. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and that's
0: why we like Bill Rubin movies.
1: <laughs> exactly. I mean, he, he he has a knack for taking a little bit of money and making something. That actually kind of punches above its own weight. It's it's really really interesting. He has a talent for that. There's
0: a very Roger Corman vibe there, and that's probably not the first time we've made that connection.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Well, you know, they finally do go out in the pasture to see what's going on, and... They find these little – what do you call them? Like nodes. They're a little circular. Like, geo- like a geode. yeah, 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 yeah. And look um, like the biggest damn gobstoppers you've ever seen, right? These jawbreakers. And they take them back into the kitchen, and they attempt to crack it open with multiple things. Like we had a chisel, a hammer, everything to do it. And – Throughout this whole time, Evie is drinking consistently. She's criticizing the way that – his name's Dan, too, Dan Kester. But I like Kester better, uh, his last name. So Kester keeps trying to do it. And eventually, because they're kind of going back and forth, it does open, but they don't see it open. And we've realized that these are the – I don't know if you want to call them eggs, but they're definitely what contains. The sp- they're little spider spaceships, Andy. That's what they are. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: really cool. Yeah, they're the little spider spaceships. Yeah, that's it. I mean, they they start off small and then – yeah, you know, so we get this we get the little spiders for a little while and then they kinda of grow into bigger spiders later on.
0: They do, but inside of these little module things they find, I call them modules. What'd you say? Geode? Okay. Geode, yeah. Geodes. Geodes. <laughs> I'm leaving it in. Are what we believe diamonds.
1: Yeah, I mean they look like diamonds. And, yeah. And yeah, you know, Mr. Kester he even takes up to the window and scratches a little something into the window and it scratches the glass so i, I mean, think hey, he it's tried gotta...
0: to carve a dollar sign which was symbolism of he's gonna be rich
1: oh yeah yeah
0: but he can't draw for shit andy that's why he's yeah. a writer
1: <laughs> oh yeah
0: <laughs> but uh did you notice the tonal shift here Ev, all of a sudden is like we are gonna be rich i never meant those things i said about you
1: yeah he's like who who, who are we? he's like who's we in this in this <laughs> equation he's like this is my farm and that's when she started being all nice to him, yeah.
0: Did you notice in, in earlier conversations, or maybe it's preceding conversations, um, didn't it sound like he got the farm from Evie's dad or something?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what I got too. I was a little confused, like, it's his what farm? An asshat.
0: What Yeah. Yeah. I'm the man in these parts. And so, of course, they want more of these diamonds, so they go out to the field to find more of them. And they do find more, but they also find a whole bunch of dead cows
1: yeah they find all these like cow guts and stuff everywhere and it's pretty gross you think
0: that's where some of the uh how much did you say uh ten thousand dollars yeah some of the ten thousand dollars went. i was gonna say that but that didn't even sound like too much for what we saw <laughs>
1: <laughs> well maybe maybe they i i i, I could see bill urbane just like going to some butcher and he's like hey you got some leftover cow parts yeah. let me have them you yeah. know
0: you got anything and, uh, you got any mad cow we'll take it from you
1: yeah yeah
0: Well, earlier in the movie, when all the cars stopped, one dude's dirt bike stopped, like his motorcycle. And then when Dan Kester is out in his field looking for more of these geodes, he actually finds the body and the motorcycle of the person who went missing.
1: Yeah, and then he just proceeds to bury the body.
0: (laughs) What do you think about that decision? He's only concerned about being rich and protecting his weed farm.
1: Yeah, that's that's it. I mean, he doesn't care if and and it's and it's kind of i guess if this is real life it'd be kind of sad because later on the sheriff gets a call about somebody that's went missing that was riding a motorcycle and uh i don't think do they ever i don't think they ever find out find the body i'm not sure
0: not in, not really because the sheriff even comes by to question him and we know because we saw him bury him and he's like nah ain't seen him yeah But uh, you know what's really convenient, Andy? Is having somebody in the family who owns a jewelry store.
1: That is convenient. So whenever you find diamonds on your pasture, you can go get them checked out.
0: That's right. And so you go into town and have Cousin Billy uh, take a look at it. And uh, I don't know about you, man, but the guy who played Billy really sold this part for me. I'm not saying he was a likable character, but he was pretty damn funny.
1: Yeah, he was. Uh, He... Yeah, he was kind of the shrewd businessman of the family, I guess.
0: <laughs> he had a very, like, Looney Tunes cartoon-esque vibe about him. And he's, like, putting the little thing in his eye and he's looking at it. And you can tell he's like, I've never seen anything like this. But he doesn't want to tell Kester that. And so he's like, where did you say you found this? And then Kester says, oh, you know, around. Don't worry about it. I just want to know, is it any value? And you can tell Billy thinks it is, but he doesn't want to tell him. So he's like, ha. Huh. Fake, probably. I give you, you know, one dollar for it or something like. He basically tells him, "Don't waste your time." How much of this did you say you have? <laughs> yeah,
1: he's yeah. I think he did kind of end up saying, "Oh, it's like an industrial grade diamond." He's like, "If yeah, it's not worth much unless you have like bucket loads of these diamonds." And so that's when Kester's like, "Oh, okay," because he you knows he's got, he's got a lot of those in his field.
0: Exactly, and that's when we switch scenes, and Kester goes back to the farm yet again. He's looking for more, and Andy, I gotta say, this kinda blew my mind, because I know it's called the giant spider invasion. I, you know, through the first, at least, act of this movie, the first 33% of it, you get nothing but small spiders, and I was cool with that. Just like arachnophobia, I was like, that's what this is gonna be. I get it, giant spider invasion meaning a lot of spiders. Andy, we actually get a giant spider.
1: Yeah, and I think the first time we see it is with Evie, I think, right? Like, do
0: you think it's the same one, or do you think there was multiple big spiders?
1: Yeah, we don't. Well, it seemed like there was just the one big, giant one, but it seemed like there was like
0: a medium other, one? Yeah.
1: yeah, maybe. Because like when Evie opened up that tr- that dresser drawer, yeah. I actually kind of was startled a little bit. That spider kind of came out of the drawer at her, looking like some thought,
0: Sesame Street puppetry, dude
1: yeah so that was the, but it, but it was a kind of a cool scene yes and then she runs out and she gets eaten by a bigger spider i guess so, so maybe that's the giant spider that she gets eaten by
0: yeah because she goes into the barn and it just kind of jumps down on her and we don't see her no more but whenever kester goes out we get to see the 50 foot spider and i gotta be brutally honest it made my heart so happy because i did not expect to see it
1: yeah and it it's great I and mean, he's just sitting there you know doing whatever farmers doing their he's pasture. he's minecrafting
0: bro he's digging for diamonds yeah.
1: Yeah, and then the <laughs> spider just comes up behind him. He doesn't even hear it until it's, like, right there.
0: Well, you know, there there is such thing as stealth spiders. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, man. But, uh, so, there we go. You know, two characters we spent most of the movie with are gone. And one scene that I... I found to be kind of interesting is whenever Cousin Billy decides he's going to go back to the farm and check to see if there's any more of these diamonds there. And he's looking for uh, Kester, but we know Kester is dead at this point. But he does run into Terry. And, you know, we've mentioned kind of the sleaze in this movie, and we get a little a little from Billy here of, you know, we can be kissing cousins.
1: Yeah, yeah I would have... Uh gosh yeah just everybody's trying to give a terry I <laughs> yeah
0: i get it in in the sense of the movie and but one thing i liked about billy is where i saw kester's character as being very sleaze but also kind of in an aggressive manner billy though he's like hey you want to be kissing cousins she's like no and he's like all right you know what i mean he didn't feel like no threat
1: but he was sure uh grilling her about those diamonds, though. So I think he he thought he could try to trick her into selling him some of the diamonds, I think.
0: Of course, because she's a kid, she don't know no better, but that's not the case. Um, after Billy is unsuccessful with the diamonds and with Terry's love, he leaves and he does not know there's a spider in his car, Andy.
1: Oh yeah. This is uh it's a pretty crazy scene. He's like trying to drive down the street and then all of a sudden there's a spider and it's a little spider, though. It's just crawling on his lap, and he's, like, freaking out. But then he runs right smack into the big spider.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that big spider kind of crouches down on it, and we see the legs all coming in, and there's, like, blood oozing down the windshield. And we could tell it's trying to grab and attack him, but, Andy, it's okay because he gets away, right?
1: Yeah, he gets away for about 50 feet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then he hits probably one of only two gas stations in the whole town.
1: Yeah, and then, of course, it has to blow up.
0: It has to. This is a B-movie. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we're back to our doctors, right? We have uh, Langer and and Vance and... I like their dynamic. It works. I don't want to call people old. They're definitely on the older side, but there's some cute chemistry going on between them. They're pretty likable, and they want to team up with the sheriff, who we already mentioned was from Gilligan's Island. He's extremely likable. In fact, he's probably the best character in this whole movie. Uh, Put him with everybody else, I've said. And they're trying to track down the site of where things come from, and they eventually do discover kind of the crash site of this little comet or meteor or whatever and they find the the little geodes and they take a couple and they want to get them investigated.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of interesting kind of following them around and as they kind of investigate stuff and they they use some different scientific methods to try to track down this hole or whatever, you know, where the spiders are coming from and uh well, they just they're not even like thinking about the spiders at first. They just like detect this radiation. Right. They know they had that the plane Geiger crash. counter.
0: It's and, always good when you have a Geiger counter.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so they're just kind of going around in the field, or they have the helicopter that's kind of going overhead, too, and checking stuff out. and uh, So, yeah, you get a lot of sciencey stuff in this movie.
0: I'm pretty sure if you looked at the script, it would just say, science stuff here
1: exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: but it works you know why because it's leading up to some really really cool stuff where it's revealed that not only is there a 50 foot spider that has killed a couple of our characters this 50 foot spider now wants to feast on the entire town and andy wouldn't you know this little town is celebrating gleason days and we get to go to a carnival
1: yeah it's a carnival it's got like two rides i
0: think <laughs> yeah probably the boringest carnival ever but also the coolest part of the movie
1: yeah because uh you yeah, we have a fun little Little League game going on, a Little League baseball game going on, and the spider decides to to uh, drop in it for uh, to try to catch a fly ball. <laughs> he was
0: just playing outfield, Andy. You got it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so this is funny because this really reminds me of like a old 50s black and white uh, monster movie because you got the giant monster. Yeah.
0: I have a question for you. Yeah. You know, one thing I was wondering when watching this movie was, I wonder if this movie – would have been better in black and white.
1: Hmm. That'd be interesting, yeah.
0: I'm gonna I'd go adjust it. the color and tint on my TV and just make it black and white and rewatch it.
1: Yeah, that'd be kinda cool. Also,
0: you cannot get this movie on laserdisc, I'm pissed. Oh dang. I know. VHS only. I'm like, damn it. But um yeah it's really cool to see the spider attacking on the town you have all the kids at the game the audience everybody's running away like crazy we see a lot of barbecue we see the two rides that Andy was talking about but we see kind of everybody the town and we get a very Halloween 4 vibe where everybody's going to realize that you know the sheriff in town can't hold it down let's get our posse together it's led by Dutch who's the bartender who we've seen a couple times and he's getting all his friends together with guns and they're going to go hunt down some spiders and Andy I just think that's a horrible idea.
1: Yeah, they're all pretty gung-ho until the, you know, when the spider's kind of walking away from them. But then once the spider wa- starts turning around, walking towards them, then that's when they... And I don't know, for some reason, everybody, just, when they shoot the spider, they feel like they have to be, like, five feet away from it to shoot it. You know, guns work from far away, too.
0: <laughs> that's right, man. Maybe they're just a bad shot. But did you notice guns also have no effect on this spider?
1: Yeah, it doesn't seem to. Even little... uh Davey, uh, later on in the movie, he gets a couple of shots in on the... But he's actually far away from the spider, but he's using a A hunting rifle. rifle. Yeah. So he gets a couple of good shots in on it.
0: That scene that you're talking about is pretty cool. So we do get the spider chasing the town, and it ends up going back to... This spider can teleport, I'm telling you right now. But this spider goes back to the house where we spent so much of our time, and ever since everybody got killed on the farm except terry she's alone in the house and she starts to see all the spiders in her bedroom like they're crawling up the dresser they're you know everywhere so she runs out and then big spider legs like come through the windows and the kitchen starts falling apart like all the um cabinets are breaking and the roof's caving in and then it zooms out and we see like the spider is on top of the house it's awesome
1: yeah it's a really cool scene and you're kind of I mean, that the spider pretty much just, like, crushes the house, just collapses it. And, uh, yeah, but, you know, so we're kind of worried about... Uh, Terry. Terry, but Davey does come and save the day, so that's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, just, again, showing his heroism, and he gets her, and he takes her to the hospital where um, everybody meets there, and I thought, Andy, that the spider was going to come to the hospital, but we never got that. Instead... Did you notice how this movie had some, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Um, you know when they get things out of place in the story and it's continuity issues, that's what it is, how many times it went from night to day, (laughs) real quick?
1: Oh yeah, that's right, yeah.
0: There was a couple scenes that did that, and and it is what it is, but it's cool because we're chasing a giant spider, and unfortunately this spider has, though we don't get to see it really eat a lot of people, it kind of like tramples and we find a lot of people crushed down in the streets including uh out of nowhere we get another or a second uh deputy
1: yeah i think this guy just came on screen just to get eaten that's
0: all he did um (laughs) and andy correct me if i'm wrong but whoever said if you can't shoot it just throw your gun at it
1: Oh yeah, wasn't didn't he take his belt off to try to whip it?
0: He was having a stone cold Steve Austin uh, whip match, man. He started to whip yeah. that spider, and that spider just gobbled him up.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I don't that, know
0: what was happening.
1: Yeah, that was kind of a cool scene though, because like when the spider like, you know, bit his bit him and like his upper half of his body was in the spider's mouth like, yes all this blood started gushing out so that was kind of cool
0: yeah and try not to watch it as he tried to jump and hoist himself into the spider's mouth he's like no you're supposed to eat me yeah and he's jumping <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah he was he was jumping up into this that's right yeah well that was funny
0: why everybody in the town is trying to get the spider they do a smart thing and the sheriff radios for the national guard i believe to come and take it out and what the plan is ultimately is to get a helicopter to drop some sort of device down and destroy the black hole close it so no more spiders get in and kill the spider and andy when i talked about having minor complaints this is what it comes down to is because i enjoyed this movie for all its positive things all its flaws all the way through but the end was so abrupt and i hated that
1: yeah, because they just kind of blow up the spider and that's it, right?
0: Yeah, it's cool to see the spider ooze. Um, also, what do you think those effects were? Because I'm pretty sure that budget ran out and we were looking at like, like ice cream. It looked like fudge pouring down or something. It was yeah, so who zoomed knows? in. Yeah. Yeah. But but we spent so much time with this spider and i've loved it and when it comes down to having to fight it look i love movies like grizzly and jaws i'm cool with okay let's just shoot it and blow it up but show it to me let me see something happen and this one is just like oh we got it movie over like no resolution with my characters and that was kind of a negative thing since we spent so much time with them but i guess for me it doesn't take away from how much i like the movie despite that
1: yeah it was and i and they, they probably had a limited time uh, it felt rushed
0: to, didn't it
1: yeah they, they they did had a pretty tight shooting schedule and also it was like really hot it was they filmed this during the summertime Oof. so this kind of has that, that whole explains texas some Ch- of
0: those outfits
1: yeah it has the texas chainsaw massacre curse, where it was like really hot on set and even on the uh this the inside sets they had were in this old warehouse that had no air conditioning and so, and there was, like, people inside the spider, like, moving the legs and stuff around. Oh, cool. And so those people were getting really hot, too. So they they just couldn't stay inside the spider for very long.
0: Gotcha. Well, that makes sense. And I, and I won't fault somebody for giving it their all. It sounds like I'm shitting on it. But they dropped the neutron device. You know, it, it kills the giant spider. It essentially explodes it, melting it into a pile of goo. Stole that from Wikipedia. But that literally is what it is. And then the movie's kind of wrapped up with some just fun credits. But... I don't know, Andy. I mean, I would watch it. I've seen this movie probably four times. I showed it to Julie. She really liked it. You've now seen it two times. Has your opinion changed after the second watch?
1: Yeah, I think I've, I think I like it a little bit more the second time. Uh, and I think maybe it's just cause I, you know, I'm more familiar with Bill Rubin and kind of a better like feel for his movies. And so I'm like watching for certain things that he does. And uh yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. It's definitely something I'll watch again. Um, it's got that b-movie charm to it you know just kind of like just all the things that we love about b-movies i mean this uh you know this this makes me want to just keep on watching more bill Murray movies and because i i've only actually seen a few of his movies so i really need to watch more of them
0: <laughs> yeah for sure and it's cool for us to do this because maybe we'll put it on somebody's radar but for me i watched this on tubi how about you
1: yeah that's what i watched on tubi
0: Cool. So, yeah, if you're cool with ads, this movie gets like three and a half stars out of 10 over what I would say a few thousand views. And is that fair? Probably, um, unless you just kind of like those low-budget B movies, you might be like me uh, and Andy here, where on uh, his second time he likes it more. But I was kind of blown away because I expected much worse. And my only complaint really is the abrupt ending. I, I would loved an extra three minutes of just character wrap up, but it is what it is. But speaking of wrap up, Andy, you know we got this new thing that we do where once we get down to the uh, end of the episode, before we say our goodbyes, we talk about what movie we're doing next and. This is going to be even a surprise to you. Are you ready?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: All right. Well, this marks the end of January, which means we're wrapping up Bill Rabane month. And though I don't have a specific theme for next month, I do know what February means. And so it would only be appropriate if we talk about the 1981 slasher, My Bloody Valentine. Time, this time of year. How many times is he gonna tell this story? I'll let him tell it. I love fairy tales. This ain't no fairy tale, little girl. If you don't take it seriously, you're a fool. <laughs> the first Valentine's dance in 20 years has to be something special. <laughs>
1: You've got to get a lot of exercise if you're going to grapple with Gretchen.
0: Oh, yeah? Well, I got a valentine for her that she's never going to forget. <laughs> right to the is dead and so are you it can't be happening again Stop. it can't be happening again what's going on over in Valentine Bluffs it looks like Harry Wharton's back in So, Andy, I mean, you and I both love this movie, but we've never got to talk about it.
1: Hell yeah, man. This is going to be a blast, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that next episode.
0: This was something that back in the day when we were doing just a shit ton of electrifying 80s horror movies, it was on the list to do. And we were even going to talk to the director, George, uh, at one point, and um, some things had changed or whatnot. But that doesn't stop us from wanting to talk about the movie. And this is a movie Julie has not seen. And after, you know, doing Alpha Incident and Giant Spider-Vasion, I kind of want to watch a slasher. I want to see more people die. And I thought with February, what better time than go back to the classic?
1: Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, it's yeah, perfect time of year to watch it, and uh, I mean, with this movie, you can watch it any time of the year because it's just uh, it's just a really well-made slasher.
0: It is, and so if anybody uh, wants to watch this movie, it does find itself in and off of apps all the time. Right now, it doesn't show that it uh, streams for free, but uh, if you're a big horror fan, you probably own it, and if not, I would say it's definitely worth renting it. It is; You can pay a couple bucks and rent it on Prime Video or something, but if you, by the time the episode comes out, it'll probably be on Tubi or Freebie or something like that. But Andy, recently I was on your podcast, my dude, and uh, you got to host, and I guest-hosted, and we talked about a movie I love from the 60s called spider baby so let's recap a little bit about your podcast and spread the word
1: yeah thanks so my podcast is called the world of horror podcast and uh so yeah i i primarily focus on like more obscure horror movies from the 50s up through the 90s and uh, dave will come on and join me from time to time as he's able and uh, he is my official co-host on there too but uh, so that always makes it more fun when he, has the time to join me but yeah i mean we the lot this last episode we talked about spider baby it's a movie i've been meaning to get to for a while now but just hadn't so this was actually my first watch of the movie and uh but dave had seen it before so yeah it was definitely a fun episode it's fun to talk about it
0: absolutely dude and anybody hasn't seen spider baby i highly recommend it uh, watch it first if you can um, but if the movie if you you know you read the synopsis you watch the trailer if it doesn't feel like your cup of tea but you like Andy and I hey go check out World of Horror we just talked about it and Andy's got some other really awesome episodes and uh, if you're you know listeners here but you have yet to check out World of Horror some of my favorite episodes we did over there we talked about some Dario Gento where we covered Deep Red and that one's always near and dear to my heart because I love that movie but Andy, I will say, thanks for taking the time to come on here and talk about the giant spider invasion.
1: Yeah, man, anytime.
0: Have it, The Giant Spider Invasion. What would you guys think? Hopefully you guys enjoyed the episode. I had a lot of fun uh, bringing Andy on the show and talking about it, because I really do like this movie a lot. It's possibly in the realm of a guilty pleasure at this point, and I don't really know. I, I always like it when I watch it, and I've seen it four times, so I don't think I'm going to start disliking it, but I do recommend it. Like, I know there's a lot of people who've probably seen it, and they're like, they agree, or they think I'm crazy, and that's okay. You're entitled to your opinion, but... For my friends who haven't seen it, even if you watch it in the vein of a comedy, now I know someone out there is like, "Oh, I know this movie because uh, Mystery Science Theater, you know, covered it." And yes, I did. I've never watched that because they're making fun of a movie I like, and that's okay. That's some people's cup of tea. Totally good. Um, but I like the movie with me making fun of it, not listening to someone else do it. So if you want to see a B horror movie that really tries to be something more than it is, but is still pretty good. Watch it, because if nothing else, it's fun. And that's, what more do you want? The movie's fun. But uh, yeah, that was cool having Andy on here. You know, we're about to flip the script and introduce uh, February. And I know I told you guys that there was going to be a Power Ranger episode next. Truth is, Pat and I did record it, and it didn't turn out well because my equipment failed, which really sucks. It's my fault. And so what I'm going to do is I'll probably do a Power Ranger episode and flip it into a solo episode. I know if Michael hears this, he's waiting on it. I'll get it to you, bro but in the meantime i'll be working on that and i'll bring paranormal pad on here and maybe we'll have like a general chat about power rangers just to kind of make up for the weird experience but i was sick for a while and it's just and so i don't love going you know three weeks or whatever without putting an episode it kind of eats away at me which is why i felt like i had to apologize so at least you guys know what's up i'm doing a little better now. Got this episode out today and I actually feel a lot better because of it. But I'll let that be that. You guys have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the All Things Dave podcast.